It's a fresh start and it feels good. Anthony and Pinky for breakfast. It's Triple M Breakfast. Yeah, we have been talking about youth crime specifically on this show the last couple of weeks when I opened up to share my own home invasion story that happened end of January. Uh, and quite a lot of people were shocked about that, but I guess it was just a reminder for anyone that it's just not discriminating. Mm. Um, everybody can have this happen at the moment, particularly across central Queensland. Um, and so our next guest is Torin O'Brien. How are you this morning? Um, very good, thanks. Self. Yeah, good, thank you. Now, thank you for joining us this morning, and we hope to share a, a good chunk of time with you. Uh, so yeah. we did end up uh, hearing about you a bit more last year and seeing a lot of national news coverage about you leading an angry mob regarding yeah. uh, youth crime <laughs> yeah. last year. But then we've also got the flip side now where we're hearing about you really digging in and helping these kids to get onto the right track. I guess where I wanted to start, though, is back at the start with your own life as a youth um, and you were also going down the wrong track. Oh, definitely. I, um, you know, I grew up in, in New Zealand. My life in New Zealand was quite, was, was really good. You know, life with me, with my mum and my sister over there was a bit different. It was when I moved to Melbourne as a young fella in the, uh, it would have been about year 2000. Um, that's, that's where things got crazy. When I, when I moved to Melbourne and I was living with my father and we lived in housing commission. So anyone who's lived in inner city housing commission, they've probably seen a range of things they shouldn't at a pretty young age. Yeah. Um, and that's when things sort of started spiraling. Probably, probably around, you know, 14 years old or so. So what, how would you describe you kind of just got caught up with the wrong crowd? Uh, you weren't able to kind of, you know, have that, I don't know, moral compass in your head to say, oh, hey, this isn't the right idea, just getting caught up in it because you're young? How does that happen? Yeah, well, it's, uh, it wasn't that it wasn't that I was caught up in the wrong crowd. It was the only crowd. Um, yeah, when right. you live in sort of a situation like that, you know, a housing commission, um, yeah. you know, you, you've, you've got everyone knows each other's neighbours. All, all the kids at a really young age have worked out what parents um, has what drug of choice, you know, where the alcohol, angry alcoholics are, you know, where, yeah. the, um, where the mum and dad are asleep on the couch on heroin is. It's, it's, it's pretty wild at a pretty young age. Um, so it's not really the wrong crowd. It's, it's yeah. the only crowd. Right. Um, and, and throughout there, you know, most, most of the kids um, in the Housing Commission I grew up in, grew up in um, had a system. And so it wasn't a matter of uh, we're going out and we're going to make, we didn't have the right moral compass not to do this particular thing, but we might have been going out to get food. You know, a lot of people might get their, their centric payments every two weeks. And what that means for people in Housing Commission is mum, dad, or whoever is running the, the apartment is probably going to be have their fun for three days and then you mm-hmm. go over a week without supplies and food and normal things. So that's where it all starts. It starts off yeah. by kids in housing commission getting together mm. and coming up with a system of how to feed themselves, how to survive. From there it spirals, you know, that starts feeling good because you're no longer hungry and now you've got a bit of adrenaline, you, you feel a bit better about your life and, and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger from there and eventually you'll end up in the worst cases where, well, maybe not the worst cases, but serious cases of kids going down car theft, the road of car theft and, um, you know, shockingly even worse than that. Right. So that was what I was going to ask, because with the car theft, which is one of the bigger ones here in CQ, everyone's sort of first instinct is, are they just, or first response is, are they bored? Which I assume it's a lot more complicated than that. So I would appreciate your take on it. But obviously as well, like, if you're just stealing a car for a joyride till it's flogged out and then you dump it, that's not getting um, these teens food or a means to survive. It is just a way of fun but how how complicated is it like why would what is it in it for someone in their teenage years to go and steal a car and then drive it till it's yeah yeah look and and i think at this point um 
And if you, especially if you start looking at um, some of the mental health reasons behind this and some of the conditions that these kids come up with, just environmental conditions, you know, conditions because of their, their upbringing, wherever they may be, no different than mine, um, you start to look for things to just take away the pain from that. So for me, um, if we were out doing something stupid, like driving around a stolen car, for that, that, those moments you're doing that, your whole pain of your whole life goes away. You know, it's kind of like the, the scene out of the Fast and the Furious, you know, for that 10 seconds or less, nothing else really matters. Um, yeah, but nothing else okay. that matters to those kids, we, we're not thinking about, we're not worried about, you know, paying the phone bill on time or anything like that. We're, yeah. we're worried about, when are we going to eat next? Like, mm. who, who, what's going to happen tonight when we go home? Which, which parent or, or you know, drunken argument is going to get in the way? Who, who's going to get physically hurt tonight? Who's going to be um, caught up in, in some yeah. type of robbery or something tonight that's through no fault of our own just because we happen to live in the housing commission you know I think I was by the time I was 16 I'd been stabbed twice and shot at um, that's a great insight living, by the way that like mm. it takes away the pain of your other living conditions and you can just it is it's a well it's a distraction it's a bit of fun for yourself and I did have a girlfriend say to me Torin after I'd been broken into that she's like I don't think these kids um, have any thought about how it impacts others and it's um, if you haven't had your car flogged or property stolen from mm. and mm. luckily mm. I got out of it scot-free in that sense but psychologically it has a huge impact it's quite terrifying but I don't think any of them have given that like you said they're just in the moment they're just about grabbing the car keys and getting out and I'm making it sound very um, innocent and <laughs> simplistic but that's kind of I think yeah. as simple as it kind of is really but for me on the receiving end it certainly wasn't like that at all. It is, and, and I can tell you now, as a kid, you know, before, the, and, and these are kids, you know, their frontal yeah. cortex isn't even developed yet, yep. and, and and the lives they've had, when they go in and um, they want to go into your house, get your keys and take your car, there might be some subconscious voice there that like, that actually makes the decision like, yes, this is wrong, mm. but compared mm. to my life, yeah. this person has everything. Yes. This person has everything. They, they've got a job, they've got a house, they've got a car. I've got nothing. I haven't even eaten in three days. Who cares? Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's a little bit of the hate the world attitude and it's, and it's just put on you from your environment, you know. If you've yeah. lived through uh, this situation that leads you to be a little car thief by the time you're 15, you've not had a great life. Yeah. No, not at all. That great. Honestly, that is a fantastic insight. And Tyron, you're going to stick around because we want to chat about what you're doing to help youth crims on the other side of Elton John and how you turned your life around. You're on Triple M Morning CQ. Welcome back, Torren. G'day. G'day. So we did just hear your backstory. Um, can we just also find out at what point did you uh, split from a life of youth crime and beyond and get to turn your life around? Yeah, so I, I guess the first, um, what really turned it around was when I started working in the meat work. So um, at a pretty young age, uh, I, I think it would have been about 15, I started the meatworks in, in down, this is down in Victoria in a place called Bacchus Marsh. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily getting a job that straightened me out because, you know, it, it's not that simple. It was, it was the environment I was in. I was surrounded for the most part by fairly hardened men that worked really hard. They probably had really rough backgrounds. They were quite understanding and they often give you good advice. Sometimes you'd listen, sometimes you wouldn't. But when you first go into a place like that, you know, initially, most of the time you're playing up, some of the time you're doing good. But as, you, as you're as you surrounded by, you know, hard-working men like that, slowly that ratio starts to change and more more and more you're doing better in life and a little bit less playing up. And that, that was sort of the key point for me. It wasn't so much having a job. It was having a job that put me in a bit of an environment that had a healthy community of people that 
didn't judge, people that had been there and people that sort of helped you just become a hard worker as opposed to a little troublemaker, if that makes sense. Yeah, yep. so it really goes, it does go to show it's environment and mm-hmm. role models. And you've, and you've taken those principles and you're now running a program, I believe, with that in mm-hmm. mind to try and help turn other kids' lives around the same way yours was. That, that's exactly right. And, and the other key point to maintaining life outside of, uh, you know, a good life outside of the old troubled life is actually having something exciting enough to fill that void. So if you take a car thief, for example, and they're 15 years old, they're doing it for whatever reasons they're doing it, that is some high-risk, high-adrenaline stuff. Mm. You cannot take someone like that mm. and just tell them to sit down and be good. And I've, I've made the comparison to, you know, if you're a career skydiver, and then one day someone said, you're going to quit that and you're just going to play badminton on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's not really going to fill that hole. Um, now, yeah. we have to... We have to acknowledge that. We have to accept that there's a high adrenaline lifestyle you're trying to replace, and that's where the my sport came into play. So, you know, this is pretty relevant for, for many sports, but my sport and Muay Thai, that's high risk. That's high adrenaline. Yes. Um, it, it has no problems filling the void of that old life, except now you're getting the healthy benefits of it with good food, you know, um, healthier lifestyle. You're surrounded by good people. And for the most part with me, it was an, a, kind of like the environment I had when I went to the meatworks. A lot different. It's a very different time and um, things like that. But the, but the point is that you're surrounded by people that have, some of them have been there, some of them haven't, but there's no judgment. You've got, you've got some really hard people around you that, that are working hard, have good advice, can guide people the right way, and, and people feel welcome there. So that, and that's the big point is they've got community, they've got adrenaline, they feel welcome, and that's what makes it sustainable long term. Now, that's the Snake Pit Youth Program in Rocky. Have you had some great outcomes of it? so far can you briefly touch on that yeah no for sure so look this is this isn't something that's new i've actually done this for years um we've just done it sort of quietly for years and now we've got a little bit more funding we've been able to sort of open that up a little bit we've had a couple of kids come in um quite recently um that are part of the um you know too hard basket you would say they yeah I would say, you know, these are the worst of the worst, so to speak. And, right. and they have such an intimate connection there that they want to stay there. Um, now, at, the, at this point, I've still got about, I want to say, 15 or 16 um, free passes to give out to kids that need it. Um, whether they come from a good background or a bad background, yeah. um, we've still got more to offer. And, and the program is working with massive success. They want to be there. So they, they, mm. the kids that are part of other government groups uh, that are now taking up my program, they are asking their carers to contact me to bring them in. So they're not being forced <laughs> to do it. They're actually asking to be yeah, there. That's amazing. That's a lovely result. Yeah. Yeah. To play devil's yeah. advocate a bit though, uh, are there any risks teaching an at-risk youth who's you know already inclined to maybe stealing a car to then also teaching them to become pretty skilled fighters? Oh, of course there is. There's, 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 there's risk in everything. Um, and and then for me, you know, I, I could probably speak from experience where I was one of those younger ones going into the sport. I, I started this really young, you know, it was the late nineties, New Zealand when I first started fighting. Um, and initially you do get, you, you can get a, you know, it may be out of a group of 10, one might go the wrong way with it. Um, yeah. but nine still go the, 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 the right way. Um, mm-hmm. and the other thing is too, let's, let's say one of these kids is in the gym for a month. They're in there for, for, for a full month. They're training every single day. At the end of that month, they're not some, glorified professional fighter that can go out destroying people. It just doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, more, it's more the community response that brings them down. So it's humbling um, and mm. 
of we've just had so few instances of people actually going to do the wrong thing. It, it turns them the other way. They want to be in the gym, and if they want to be in the gym, they can't do that kind of thing. From round the corner to your street and neighbourhood, Anthony and Pinky for breakfast. Good morning.